2: Welcome in on a Friday edition of the show, everybody. As you well know, we're going to cover a lot in today's podcast. We'll talk about what Mark Pope had to say yesterday during his media availability. He is very high on this year's BYU basketball program. We'll let you hear from him on that. Also talk about something that I think I'm noticing with BYU as they get ready for a game a week from tomorrow I think some disrespect creeping in for BYU football. We'll discuss that and see if I'm off base on that. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. An opportunity for yourself to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, even if you can't actually be there. We'll talk about all of it ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you in part by our good friends at Bilt Bar, as well as All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of these great companies here in just a little bit as well. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 18th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for downloading your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to here, but let's start off today with a topic that I've been noticing come up over the past couple of days. And it actually came off a conversation I had with a friend yesterday and... Uh, we were talking about BYU, obviously. that's We're talking BYU sports on this podcast. But our topic that we were focusing in on was how good was BYU's offense really with regards to what they showed against Navy. And what I mean by that is there have been some people out there, I've noticed, who seem to think that BYU was the beneficiary of a lackluster Navy Aca- Naval Academy defensive performance in that season opening win for the Cougars. Uh, okay, here's the thing. I don't care if Navy was unprepared, they didn't hit. I'm sick of that narrative, first off. I think it's complete bullcrap that they're able just to say that, and BYU has to just stick with it. It comes back to me that you need to give some respect to BYU in this game. They went out there, put their foot on the pedal, and did not let up until this game was well in hand midway through the third quarter. It was a marvelous offensive outing. And talking with my friend yesterday, he was saying, Jake, how good is this offense really? Well, I can tell you this much. There are folks inside the BYU football program who think this could be one of the best offenses they've seen in some time. And, of course, BYU fans, if you're of a certain age, you can go back and reference back to teams in the 1980s, the 1970s, the 1990s even, and even some of the 2000s teams that have some of the more legendary names. And in terms of offensive players, well, the great quarterbacks of yesterday or yesteryear in BYU history. Talking with some people around the BYU football program, they think that this offense could be a great, great offense. And obviously, they've had injuries that hit them. Obviously, Matt Bushman, that's a big injury hit for BYU. Losing a guy like Hinkley Rapati, they thought that could be a part of the running back rotation, hurts. Losing Jackson McChesney hurts. But they still believe that this offense for BYU could be one of the better ones they have had. I have to say this about what I've noticed from BYU over the past couple of years. I like what Jeff Grimes came in with, the plan he kind of had established. He came in with a quarterback like Tanner Mangum. He built an offense around Tanner Mangum that focused on fly sweeps, a lot of downhill running, under center work that played to Tanner's strengths. Eventually, they felt like, okay, we need to make the shift to Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson offers a new element with his athleticism that we have not had on the field in some time. And they went out there and changed the offense to fit his skill set. Obviously, last year, injuries, both as a freshman and also last year for Zach Wilson, have really, I think, stunted his growth within this BYU offense. But the one thing you cannot take away from Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick, as well as the rest of the offensive staff at BYU, is the fact that they have stuck to their guns. They have gone with what they believe works. And so far, I know we only got one game sample size so far in 2020. It's worked out. I think this has been a long-term uh, play for BYU to build this offense brick by brick. And I think this year, we're on the cusp of really seeing something special. Obviously, you would like to see this offense playing against a more elite competition, power five teams and the like. I get that. Well, that that is exception is granted to you listening to this, if that's what you want to argue. But I think that BYU this year is going to show some offensive muscle that we have not seen in some time from BYU. I think it's a big credit to guys like Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick that they were willing to work hard and make sure that everything was put together together piece by piece. This was not a fly-by-night setup for BYU's offense. You can think about it. Jeff Grimes is now in his third year leading BYU's offense. Aaron Roderick's been there for the entirety of this run. Same with Fessy Satake, Steve Clark. The only newcomers that have come in to the offensive staff in this time are both Eric Mateos and Harvey Unga. Of course, Mateos has a long-standing relationship with Grimes, having worked together at LSU. Harvey Unga is an all-time legend at BYU and obviously spent enough time working as a grad assistant under Grimes and Roderick's direction, that he was already essentially a part of the staff before getting a full-time job as an assistant coach. I think that there is some growing uh, disrespect for BYU and some people writing them off as saying, "Well, it was just a one-game thing." Here's I, I and okay. Let's also examine one other thing. I could be wrong about this. They could come out against Troy a week from tomorrow and really stink it up, and I'm going to look like, look like a fool for talking about this on today's podcast. I'm going to bet, though, that they're going to go out against Troy and go out against everybody they're going to play the rest of this year. We don't know who the full schedule is going to be or how many games they'll ultimately play. But I really do like what BYU has built on offense here. And I do think there's been some disrespect cast upon them due to the comments from Kenya Matalolo as well as those around the Naval Academy about their quote-unquote lack of preparation. Stop it with that. Stop it with that narrative. The thing is, BYU went out there and absolutely put their foot on the throat of their opponent and did not let up. Isn't that what people have been chirping about for the better part of two or three years, the BYU at points, or even better, longer than that, back into the Bronco Mendenhall days? Haven't they been complaining that BYU doesn't go for the kill shot, quote-unquote? They went for the kill shot against Navy, and they got it. That should make people happy, and I'm hopeful that they continue to show that the rest of this year. I really do feel like BYU has got a lot of weapons, despite some of the losses they've already had this year. But I wanted to get off my chest, and I'm kind of sick of the narrative that BYU just—it was a lucky night against the Naval Academy. No, they went out there, they took it to Navy, and they showed who was boss. That's the simple truth of the matter. All right, uh, so I just had to get that off my chest after that conversation I had. I got a little bit fired up about that because. I saw what BYU has done against Navy. I've watched that game three times now. I really do feel like the Cougars are a good team. And I know we only really got one game of sample size. I, I will grant you that as well. But everything I've seen, the early indications from the coaching staff, talking about this offense, talking with people I know inside the program, my quote unquote sources or practice insiders, BYU's offense has been lights out all fall camp, all through training camp, getting ready for the season. And they showed that against Navy. I think this is going to be an offense that's going to be a very, very good one for the rest of this year, and it should allow them to score some points. And we're looking forward to that. I really do think... There's a good thing brewing here with BYU's offense. All right, we'll talk about another a program that I think people have questions about. And, of course, Mark Pope spoke to the media yesterday uh, about the official start date being November, November 25th for the college basketball seasons, both men's and women's. We'll get to some of his comments about what he likes about his team, the newcomers who have joined the squad this year. We'll get to all of that here in a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part, guys, by our good friends at Built Bar. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market, and I mean that sincerely. Some of you have reached out recently and said, Jake, do you really eat Built Bars? And I really do. I have one every day for lunch, and I love it. And I I actually eat more than that. I I crave these things, so every once in a while, if I need a mid-afternoon snack or the like, I'll chow down on one. They're 100% covered in chocolate. There are 18 amazing flavors, so I guarantee they have a flavor that'll fit your profile, what you like to eat. And all you gotta do is just go out there and give it a try. So go to BuiltBar.com and you can learn more about this company, what they're doing with the revolutionized new Built Bars, by the way. They just recently relaunched the Built Bar and they're even better tasting than they were previously. Check it out, guys. It's builtbar.com. Right now, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get $10 off your next order. And while supplies last with your next order, you also get a limited time offer of getting a free cooler with your offer as well. That's a limited time deal. So make sure you get on top of it if you want to take advantage of that. Go to builtbar.com. Once again, use that promo code locked on, and you can take advantage of the best tasting protein bars on the market and have a fantastic treat there for you guys each and every day. Once again, builtbar.com, use that promo code locked on. Thank us later for the best tasting protein bars you've ever had. All right, let's take a moment here and catch up on what we learned from Mark Pope's media availability yesterday. He spoke to the media via Zoom conference and had some very interesting thoughts. Obviously, the announcement from the NCAA Division I Council earlier this week that the start date for the college basketball season will be November 25th. They have lowered the amount of games to 27 in all rather than 31, at least in the regular season four college basketball programs. Well, the first question naturally to Mark Pope was, well, what are your feelings on officially having your
0: start date and what do you expect going forward? And here's what Coach Pope had to say. We're really happy to have a start date. I think probably more importantly for us right now is that we have um, some guidance in terms of practices for the next six and eight weeks, right? So we know that we get to go to 12 hours total and eight hours on the court starting next uh, on the 21st. And then on the 14th, we get to start with 20 hour rule practices. So that actually was, 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 you know, in terms of pressing concerns, um, that was really important to us. And, uh, you know, the idea that we're, we're trying for this November 25th, where we're only going to lose 15 days of the season, I think is, is really encouraging for all of us. We're, we're grateful and excited about that for sure.
2: So there you go. BYU obviously hoping to get full team workouts going as soon as possible. Sounds like October 14th will be the official what you would call the 20-hour week periods begin where you can actually have full practices, teams working out together, etc., I like the fact that BYU's already had workouts going on, though. Uh, Similar to the football program, we talked about this earlier this summer, and I've really liked what BYU football did in terms of getting their athletes back into the student-athlete building and getting to work right away. The college basketball scene is a little bit different than college football, but BYU has an advantage in one way in that they have the Marriott Center Annex, which is their practice facility. They have essentially locked down. They have created as much of a bubble as can be thought of with regards to both the men's and women's basketball programs at BYU. And it's something that should be admired by BYU fans. I really like what they're doing. Obviously, with the schedule coming up, there's so much uncertainty right now. A lot of people are wondering, well, BYU football lost their rivalry game against Utah due to the Pac-12's announcement. Well, Coach Pope was asked yesterday, what about the Utah game in hoops? Will it happen? Here was his response.
0: Yeah, I think we both really want the game. You know, there's been a lot of whisperings that um, that the Pac-12, you know, might move off of the January first date. I, I know you guys are hearing them just as much as I am, and so we'll see. Uh, obviously, we're talking to, um, you know, there's there's a lot of coach uh, coach uh, conversations that are going on. Um, uh, we've talked to several teams from the Pac-12 because uh, we had a bunch of teams on the schedule. And so, um, you know, we'll kind of wait and see what the announcement is. But I do know that all the games that we have slated so far, uh, teams are really eager to find a way to keep them or to reschedule them or to find a way to make it happen. So, um, you know, we'll kind of do that as we move forward. Some positive news there.
2: It sounds like Utah and BYU both are interested in rescheduling that game. And I do think that the Pac 12 will back off of that January 1st start date they had talked about for basketball due to the fact that they have this rapid testing program already implemented. And I think it's something that's going to be a lot of fun to track for BYU basketball. You'd hope to see games like Oregon and Arizona State put back onto the schedule if at all possible. But who knows where things ultimately lead for the Cougars. But Mark Pope, I have the utmost faith that he is going to put his team in a position to succeed. I really do think they've got a lot of talent incoming, despite losing a lot of talent in terms of their senior class a year ago. This team may not uh, gel right away, speaking of the BYU basketball program, because I don't think you can bring in as many newcomers as they have had, uh, put them together and think, you know what, this is going to work right off the get-go. I do think, however, though, that there is a big opportunity sitting here for BYU to go out and have a good second year despite all of the turnover, no matter what. I think the college basketball scene for BYU, the recruiting scene in particular, has really gone well. I think they've uh, created enough fur. They've done a good job at building momentum in recruiting. But I do think the scheduling is going to be the big question. Coach Pope was speaking as well about the scheduling. And well, I'll tell you this much, you're going to hear in this response, he wants to play the best of the best. Here you go.
0: Because of what we're going through, uh, you know, D- Danny Gavitt essentially came out and said, hey, NCAA selection is probably, it's going to be less fair than it ever is. I mean, just not not on purpose, but just as a manifestation of the fact that we're not going to have as much cross competition, even if the season goes off without a glitch, uh, we're still missing, you know, four games uh, of potential, um, you know, competition against uh, people from different areas of the country. So I think the biggest pressure we're feeling right now is we just want to play the hardest schedule we can possibly play. We want to play the best teams we can possibly play. If that means we're flying to Florida and New York in a, in a safe manner uh, to play games, we'll do it. If, if it means we can do it by driving down the free wheel, do it. We just, we just know, you know, we believe that we have a good team. We have a lot of things we have to figure out. Uh, I I think most people say we have a great team if we just had a better coach. So we, we, we got, but but we, we have, we have a ton of things we need to figure out, but I don't want this season to go by without us of having every possible opportunity to play the best competition in the country so that we can prove who we are. And um, so that is, that is what's weighing heavily on me right now is how can we manage, especially when you, you know, you've seen in football that kind of people have gone towards the safety of just trying to stay in conference because they feel like somehow that's a safer deal or, or at least a more controllable atmosphere. And so, we're we're really, really hungry to find ways to play the toughest schedule we can. And that's, that's what we're thinking about.
2: I think that's the right mindset for guys like Mark Pope to have because BYU is known as a mid-major. They played in a mid-major conference despite having one of the elite national powers on their uh, schedule with Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference. But I do think that the Cougars, everything they have built to this point – Leads them to think, you know what? We have an opportunity to strike fear into the hearts of our opponents, and we're going to go out there and play the best dang schedule we can play. I respect that. I think it's a great idea. If BYU goes out there and schedules as well as they possibly can, if it causes them to have to pay some payouts to maybe cancel some lower-level games, are you really going to complain as a BYU basketball fan? I highly doubt that. I think BYU's got the right mentality. Right mentality, excuse me. I think they understand that, hey, if this is going to be a more unfair selection situation, speaking of Mr. Gavitt, the NCAA Senior Vice President for Basketball, well, guess what? That means we have to leave no doubt in the hearts and minds of the selection committee, so let's go out and play the best schedule we possibly can play. I think that may mean that BYU does put together maybe some different opponents than they have had in the past, but hey, if it's top-level competition... I don't think BYU basketball fans will complain at all. The biggest thing about it, though, is you also have to make sure that you win those games if you're going to schedule them. One final note here from media availability availability with Pope. I cannot speak today. My enunciation is awful. It's not great to begin with, but apologies for that. I asked him the question yesterday, well, what about the newcomers who have come in? Guys like Matt Harms, Gideon George, uh, Caleb Lohner and the like, Spencer Johnson, for example. You're going to hear him talk about each of these guys individually, but it sounds like all of them have made their impression early on as they've done workouts with the teams throughout the summer. So here you go. Mark Pope's thoughts on his newcomers on his roster.
0: They're fitting in good because they're such a huge part of the deal. I mean, you know, we have this incoming group is so important. Um, And, you know, know, the one thing that I think is – can you know hopefully will continue to be effective about our our recruiting is that our guy like matt harms knew exactly what he was getting into when he came and he hadn't been here he hadn't felt it but but he knew he knew the expectations he knew what the you know he kind of knew the culture we were trying to grow and that we were really serious about it. And so he has fit in beautifully. I mean, that's part of the reason why he chose to come in here is because he fits and, and, uh, he's taken on a real leadership role and he's, a he's an extraordinarily talented player and his skill set is actually a little bit different than I thought it was even coming in. It's been, it's been really exciting to watch him, uh, um, Gideon George is uh, from the day he got here till today I don't know if I've seen a player grow more than him um, you know he's he's so exciting uh, you know he's he's a guy that in one possession will come up with three deflections you know he stat every deflection every single practice and most of the guys try and get three deflections in a practice he's getting three deflections in one possession and uh, he's just such a monster on the offensive glass he's he's I mean, he's, he's getting an offensive rebound from 30 feet away. It's, it's, you know, I exaggerate all the time, but that's not that much of an exaggeration. Uh, He's been really, really fun for us to watch. um, And, and is doing a a, a really special job for us. Um, uh, You know, uh, Caleb Lohner is, is, is just been a, a, just such a beautiful, brings a beautiful spirit to our practices in the sense of he just wants to get better. And he seems uh, he seems, um, completely unfazed by all the yelling and screaming that i do at him he just wants more and um and he's he's clearly got a really really high ceiling and uh spencer johnson is is proven to be even more skilled uh and cover ground faster than than i thought he would i could keep going down the list you guys get bored but um you know we we have guys that are growing we got a ton of growing to do to be able to be a competitive team but but um, we're pretty excited about these guys, and they seem to f- be fitting in incredibly well. And a lot of that's due to the leadership of the guys coming back, uh, specifically Rich Harward and Alex Har- uh, Alex Barcelo and Connor Harding have been great leaders in, in integrating those guys.
2: I think that's positive news to hear from a guy like Mark Pope. The most interesting comment in there about his newcomers is Caleb Lohner, the special spirit, is that what he called it? Uh, regardless, Loner's an interesting addition to the BYU basketball program. He has an opportunity here as a true freshman, I think, really to be a big part of the rotation. Unlike most true freshmen, outside of what you call the quote-unquote what McDonald's All-Americans, those five-star athletes, I think Loner's going to play a big role on this BYU basketball program, and I look forward to seeing what they're doing. I like the talent that Mark Pope has assembled for year two of his tenure at BYU. I do wonder how long it'll ultimately take all of the parts to come together and really gel. But I do think this is going to be a team that can challenge in the West Coast Conference. Obviously, Gonzaga is the class of the conference. They remain that way. It's going to take a long time, I think, for BYU to dethrone them. I think Mark Few has built just an absolute juggernaut up there in Spokane, but I respect the hustle. I respect the grind. I respect exactly what BYU is doing as they try and counter that. And so far, so good, I think, under Mark Pope's tenure as BYU basketball's coach. He doesn't back down from a challenge. That's one thing you can give him, and it's awesome to see. So hopefully, BYU basketball has another good season this year, and we'll be rooting on the Cougars as they roll forward with basketball season upcoming here. All right, we'll get to some other final thoughts here in just a little bit. An opportunity for you as a fan to be present at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, even if you're not there Physically, in person, we'll talk about that here in a moment. We'll also get some other final thoughts as you wrap up the week here on the podcast, looking ahead to another college football weekend that sadly does not have BYU on the schedule. So we'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part, though, by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. You've heard me talk about this company ad nauseum, but I will continue to talk about them because they are the best, and I mean this, the best when it comes to pest control issues, no matter what it might be of ants, spiders, wasps, mice, I don't care what it is. Whatever your pest control situation or need is, All Guard Pest Control has the expertise, the know-how, and the ability to make sure it's taken care of for you. That's what I love about this company. Seth and his team are the best of the best, a local company built right here in Utah, and happy to serve anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. No matter what you need, whether it's residential or commercial, this company can handle it, guys. And I can tell you this much. They take care of my home, and I am 110% satisfied. You go online, search out All Guard Pest Control on Google reviews or whatever review site you seem to trust. I'll tell you this much, their reviews are going to be near the top of any company you're going to see out there. This is a company who does things the right way, and if they're not handled the right way, they'll come out and make sure it's taken care of so that way you're completely satisfied with their services. If you want to give them a call, you can do so anytime, 801-851-1812 is the phone number for All Guard Pest Control. You also can look online at their own website at allguardpestcontrols.com, that's All Guard Pest Controls with an S. I tell you this much guys, when you call All Guard Pest Control, tell them that Jay Catch and locked on Cougar sent you, and Seth and his team will take good care of you. They're big-time BYU fans, they're as eager to see success for the Cougars as they are eager eager to see success. In their own business. But I tell you this much, they're already having phenomenal success. is the best pest control company in the state of Utah. So trust them to take care of your home, just like I trust them to take care of mine. That's All Guard Pest Controls, AllGuardPestControls.com, or give them a call anytime, 801 851 1812. That's All Guard Pest Controls, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. As we wrap things up here on a Friday and wrap up our week on the Locked On Cougars podcast, I'll tell you this much: the uh, what would you call it? A depression? Uh, it's probably too strong of a term. Obviously, depression, mental illness is not something to make light of. But there is a malaise, I guess we'll call it, that's setting in because of the fact that BYU's not playing Army tomorrow just got me down. But I think the positive news out of all of this is BYU, according to what I'm hearing out of B, out of Provo. Is they're on track to begin full team workouts once again on Monday, begin preparations in earnest to take on Troy on, uh, what, a week from tomorrow night when they uh, take on the Troy Trojans on ESPN at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, there's an opportunity for you if you uh, haven't seen this already. Uh, BYU put it out on social media yesterday. They have what they're calling uh, their ultimate uh, fan gear packages. And among the things they've put into these fan gear packages is an opportunity for a cardboard cutout of yourself to be placed at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in time uh, for the Louisiana Tech game. Probably won't be in place for uh, the game against Troy because you need some lead time to get these printed, etc. You've probably seen these all over the sports world. I'm surprised BYU is not offering this from the very beginning. It's an opportunity, let's be frank about this, for BYU to make some extra money. If I was BYU, once I announced the game against Troy, I would have announced right away. doesn't matter how many fans we're allowing in, because it's not going to be full capacity. Well, we're going to allow as many cardboard cutouts as you guys want to pay for to be in this stadium. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. If you're interested in doing it, you can go to BYU Cougars on social media, byucougars.com. You can find the links there to buy those packages. There's some cool shirts. Uh, They've got also some Cougar Crunch. I think I even saw a Cougar Tell in there as well uh, blankets all the like a lot of BYU fan gear and I think it's an awesome opportunity if you want to be a part of the game day atmosphere at Lavelle Edwards Stadium despite not being there physically well you can have a representation of yourself in a cardboard cutout there in the stands at LES and hey in some ways that may be better for your blood pressure I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I think it's a cool opportunity, so check it out, guys. It's an opportunity for you to help out the BYU Athletic Department if you're so inclined, while also supporting your Cougars all the way around. All right, that's going to do it for this Friday edition of the show, guys. Hope you have a great weekend. I know, Like I said, I am, I'm a little bit uh, upset that BYU couldn't play this game against Army. As I said earlier on in the week, every indication is that BYU will pursue getting this game rescheduled against the Black Knights. I would almost guarantee if it doesn't happen on Thanksgiving weekend, November 28th, that's probably the only opportunity it's going to have to be rescheduled. And if it doesn't get on the books by then, okay, whatever. We'll have to move on from that. But I do like the fact that BYU is remaining to be aggressive when it comes to scheduling. I don't know, as I said earlier in this week, who they're closing in on for that number 10 opponent, but I have heard that they are closing in on somebody. I'm still trying to find a name for it, but I'll tell you this much. Every time I've tried to dig for information on the scheduling thing for BYU, I get a lot of crickets back from my sources. So that means I think they're playing things very close to the vest they're not putting things out there, and I think it's a smart play on their part because they obviously don't want to, I guess, what what would you call it, um, uh, mess up negotiations or have a word get out about an opponent, and then all of a sudden that opponent says, you know what, you can't keep your mouth closed We you don't want to play this game. So I respect BYU keeping things close to the vest, playing it close to the vest with this, but... I'm hopeful they continue to add games and we get to see them back on the field a week from tomorrow night. We'll be back on Monday getting you ready for Troy. Going to have some interviews with people from down there in Alabama to get you an insight as to what the Trojans bring to the table. Of course, media availability should restart on Monday. So, a lot of coverage to come over the next week is to get you ready for the home opener at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hope to see you guys out there as one of the 6,000 fans in the stands. If you got your tickets, congratulations. And hopefully in future games, BYU continues to build that audience up towards what? 24,000 is what I've heard. It's kind of the max that they'll go for this season. And here's hoping they can pull it off. Alright, have a great rest of your weekend. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Make sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date with everything going on with the Cougars and the podcast. Search us out on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C Hatch, if you want to follow me there. Or feel free to email us anytime. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast for September 8th. 18th, 2020. Have a great weekend.